Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, March 9, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, you know the first thing I'm going to talk about is the downsloping trend line. Here they are again, and here they actually hit it and bounced one more time from an intraday perspective. Now, that's not the total tale, so stay with me on this, but it is uncanny how that trend line works. Here's a picture of the hourly chart, and it really is still hard to believe, but it's not hard to believe. The market created the trend line. We just put it on the chart. The market, Mrs. Market, I'll have you, knows about the trend line. So now we get into an Irene type of conversation. Everybody's waiting for, where's the Irene number? We talked about it. It's getting below the trend line and confirming below the trend line. It's not a daily chart trend line per se. So watch this. Here we are again on the weekly chart. They're at the trend line. We're coming into phony jobs Friday. It's uncanny how this stuff comes together. Are they going to close tomorrow, Friday session above or below the trend line? Let's start talking about some numbers below the trend line that matter. Now, this one's close by, and we talked about it the other night. So let's reiterate what this is all about. 389.35 is the number I've picked out. Between that particular number and this breakup candle low at 388.38, so say, Within a dollar or so lower, give or take, sometimes they spike these things and snap back, but they're not going to just give that up on the first run under normal garden variety conditions. Now, how does that come together relative to where they are and the trend line? Well, here's what it is. Let's say tomorrow, Friday, they get down there. There's a chance they can spike back up or rally back up to close the week above the trend line. That's an important spot. Don't count that out. That would be somewhat of a fake-out type operation. Maybe they kill the tape on the phony jobs number, all that stuff. There's a secondary number. You might want to put this stuff on a sticky note. 383.50, it's a give or take. Could be 383, could be 383.75, 384. In that neighborhood, 383.50 is a spot. By the way, let's do this one. Didn't the market hang around here? For a long time, we talked about the fact that it's either going to break up or break down. It broke up. That's notwithstanding today. But the fact that it did all this for a long time created what? An area that the market broke out from. Now, maybe that breakout area is slightly higher. I have reason to believe 383.50 is a magnetic type of situation down there. So what I'm going to say, and this isn't a right away in the next 15 minute type of situation, but if you start getting much below this 388, let's call it 388.25, 388.30, we'll call it 388. It's going to start to open the door for another 40, 50 handles down more. Now that could happen in one day, in five minutes, or it could happen in a week and a half. We don't know. I'm just giving you the numbers. You might want to put them on a sticky note. What's the flip side? We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. What happens if the trend line holds one more time? Then they try and rally the tape. However, here you have a situation, and this is where we're going to look at 
last couple of days. We talked about this the other day on this down candle. We looked at other down candles and we said, well, sometimes the market does go down farther and other times it'll creep up the breakdown candle. So there wasn't anything definitive. You had one day where they didn't do anything. They hung on the 50 period moving average and today they gave up the ghost and we knew that if they started getting below this gap, then that would open the door at some point to test the low of the breakup candle. What happened? The low is 392.33. In one fell swoop, they closed below it today. Now, unless they have a quick and dirty rescue operation right out of the chute, that's the market's way of saying, hey, here's what's going on. At least this is my interpretation. It closed below the daily chart breakup candle low. They did it here the other day, and then they just did it here a couple of days later, and they were held up by the trend line. Now, if they give up the trend line, we have a number below. If that doesn't hold or slightly below that, guess what? Here's the price, 383.50, that they would be headed to next. On its face, this is a bearish situation having closed below that particular number today in one fell swoop. That's a different kind of market. The market changed its character. It was dragged down in part, but in large part, by the whole financial issue situation. We've got the regional banks being clobbered. The financials are getting taken out behind the woodshed. Everybody's scared about Powell and the interest rates. And here's the funny part. He never wavered, and I said this in my early notes today. He never wavered from what he said a long time ago. He kept saying higher interest rates, higher for longer, and he kept saying pain. And nobody wanted to listen over the last couple of months. He said it again yesterday or the day before, both, and all of a sudden, they want to listen again. Funny how that works. How's Keith doing? You okay, Keith? You hanging in there? One-way Willie Keith? Let's get to some meat and potatoes. Was there any money made today inside the numbers? That's the most important question, and the answer is... We had one of our double barrel trades. You can pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. I'm going to highlight a few important things. We're going to start with the beyond part is up at 401.35 or higher. Okay, fair enough. This is the early notes. Read them, pause it, and double check. All of a sudden, 8.30 comes along. We had an 8.30 a.m. goose operation underway. They started goosing the tape higher. Fair enough, volatility is our friend. As things develop, 907, here's where it starts to come together. 399.50 is an important number. Above it, and the door is open for another leg higher. 400.35 is the next spot. That spot can reject price. Of course, we think better in pictures. 435 is the horizontal line running across the screen. The opening print was right here, 935 candle on a five-minute chart. And guess what? 435 was overhead resistance for a while. They bantered back and forth above and below it. It was an important place. Gave you a scalp trade if you wanted it. We did have some traders in the room that took advantage of that on a small basis. But it was higher risk. However, if above, the door opens for 401.35 to 402.35 zone. And it's an area that if reached sooner than later, is likely to have a reaction back down in the other direction for a short scalp with potential, 401.35. There it is, folks. This is a 15-minute chart. 
that was high of day within pennies. It doesn't matter how many pennies. It was a few. And the rest of it is history. Now, we did have some traders that rode the market up north above 400.35 to exit at 401.35. That was phase one of the double barrel trade. Then it was a reversal for the ride back down. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. 9.15, 15 minutes before the opening bell. Here's the something for everyone part. If they start getting above 435 and staying above on candle closes, the door is open for a ride up to 401.35 or higher. Not the easiest trade on the board, but technically available. Remember, this is the continuation of the tail candle on time situation from yesterday. What was that, you ask? Here's the hourly chart. Remember this tail. Remember the fact that they did not close below that tail on the hourly close a couple of hours, three hours later. They closed one penny above, and this is the result of that. That was the trade. I thought it would happen yesterday, but it happened into this morning, and that was the trade. I said yesterday in the room inside the numbers, I said it could take a few hours. It took more than a few hours. All this before the opening bell. How you doing? 399.50 is our pivot. This is right before the opening bell. Back to a five-minute chart. Did we have traders in the room that bought the pivot? Yes, we did. They did it on their own recognizance, but however, it is a pivot-related morning trade. They knew it was higher risk. We talked about it. I said it was too close to the gap, and therefore I wouldn't want to risk buying the pivot Watch them go to the gap. If they start pushing below the gap, you have a different kind of situation on your hands. It was higher risk, but it worked nonetheless. By 9.34, here comes 435. Above the next leg is 401.35. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the risk. Any trader taking the ride up from the pivot would be booking profit around 435. That was that pivot trade. Since I knew there were traders in there, that's why I put that on there. Above opens the door for the zone. You see how this all unfolded. The rest is history. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. 10.17, with a two-way double barrel situation for most traders, it's a Kenny Rogers kind of day. What's that? Know when to fold them kind of day. The gambler holding a trailer is still a good idea. Pause them. Read them, go back to the chart to double check the work. About stocks on the move. In the spirit of fairness, we have to go over stocks on the move. We had a bit of a shitburger on the board today. So we had two that didn't hit their entry objectives and two that did. Schwab and PACW. Schwab didn't do the thing. It creeped in, bounced, creeped in, bounced. So we don't like the creepers. And then by the afternoon session, I'm gone by then today. And you can see they tried to hold the second price, but the market was falling out of bed at that point anyway. PacWest Bancorp, Shitburger, cut through the first two prices, tried to rally back to the second price, got stopped at at 23.50, which was the hourly close, so it could have been worse for traders that hung out for the hour. I get that. We get Shitburgers from time to time, but it's balanced by the stuff you already saw today and that you see all the time we are going to get losing trades. That's part of the racket. Camp IWM, that's not necessarily a one-day anomaly, in my humble opinion. 
the 200 period moving average is the last moving average line of defense, not only on the daily chart, but also on this weekly chart. And you can see here tomorrow, it's going to be very important to see where they close the week. Are they going to run a test of this breakup candle low, 177.30, within a give or take type of situation of that? That's another 3 or $4 down from where the IWM is now. Another 2 2.5% down, something like that. Likely to find support in that camp. 175 is a nice big fat round number. Look for them to get down there if they do. And if it's a flushing kind of situation, 175 is magnetic. You would look for them to spike through and expect a bounce back in the other direction from around 175 if you can get it sooner than later. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. IWM also had relative weakness against the S&P, down almost 3% today. S&P or Spider was down about 2%. What about the folks down at the transportation department finishing on the lows at the 50-period moving average, down about on par 2% with the S&P? Just like the other markets, a lot will depend on the weekly close. Where do they close the week? Are they going to go all the way down to this week or maybe next week to this breakup candle low, 14,139 and change, run a better test of that one into these moving averages here, the 220 and the 50-period moving average? Or flip side is umpire calling balls and strikes. Do they have a rescue operation on Friday off the phony jobs number that the market says, hey, wait a minute, everything's not like we thought it was yesterday, let's do this, and they have a rescue operation, snap back to close above that 100-period moving average. And remember, the transports is my favorite canary in the coal mine. The weekly close staying above all those moving averages after probing or being below during this week would be an important development. Put that one on a sticky note. The Q people were also taken out somewhat behind the woodshed, down almost 2% today, five and a half bucks. All these markets had volume, their reversals. You can't just say it's a one-day wonder. You have to say, here's what the market says. Here's what's happening. Here's what it did. It did it on volume. You have to take it at face value and say, the market, at least for today, is changing or has changed its current character. And here with the XLF is your molestation of the XLF or the financials. They were molested, taken out behind the woodshed, smoked, bludgeoned, whacked. This is a change in the market. What did we always say about the financials? Repeat after me. If the financials are falling apart, watch out for the rest of the market. If the financials are not falling apart, if there's nothing wrong with them, it's unlikely the rest of the market falls apart. Look at the financials. This, my friends, is not, I repeat, not a one-day wonder. We've been talking about them hovering around that 100-period moving average up there, and today they told you the tale. They're giving it up. They gave it up. The weekly close, unless they rally right back up in a rescue operation, is going to be poor, and that's a telltale sign. The financials are very, very important to the overall market tremendous component of the market. Smash Mouth, they were down on slightly heavier volume than average, but not too bad. It was a reversal, but not a bona fide reversal candle. It's interesting. They were down about on par with the S&P. Now, here's the one you want to focus on. 
This is a potential another canary in the coal mine. Again, they're still hanging around like the transports were, this 100-period moving average. They haven't really moved off of it. When you look at the weekly chart, you don't see today's activity. It's no big deal. Of note, puzzle piece, put it on the table. Also, put it on a sticky note. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.